Welcome back to the show. I am buzzing with today's interview. I've just got finished recording with Melissa Mills, who is a psychic medium and soulful alignment mentor. Melissa is based in New Zealand, and since 2012, she's been doing one-on-one sessions, live events, classes, and retreats all over the world. She's been featured on TV, radio, magazines, and spreading the message of modern mediumship. She is truly incredible and has a deep passion to bring mediumship to the forefront of spiritual enlightenment. She believes that loved ones in spirit are direct access to the infinite stream of unconditional love, making mediumship one of the most powerful gifts we have for humanity. You guys, Melissa's abilities are out of this world. I feel such a connection to her. I feel like we're sacred sisters meant to connect and will connect many times. In this episode, she shares so much. She's so open and willing to answer all of my questions. And we get into topics like your soul's purpose, um, what's the difference between your purpose and your mission, why she believes that we're all here. Uh, We talk about connecting with loved ones and spirit guides. She just dives deep. She shares it all and I admire her authenticity, her abilities, and she even gives me a mini reading, which was not planned, about a past life I've had, so that's pretty cool. And I just know you guys are going to enjoy it so much. I ask her also about the law of attraction and how um, this human experience works from the psychic medium perspective and how we can make change using the law of attraction. So please make sure to sit back, allow this amazing guidance into your life and tag me on social media, tag Melissa when you listen so that we can know that you're enjoying this content, that you're listening, that it's landing and, um, really just spread the love because she is on a mission to make mediumship normal, which you'll hear her talk about. And it's so moving for me because I really do believe that mediumship and psychic abilities, it's just been taboo for way too long and it's time to make it normal. We all have these abilities. We all can benefit from this type of guidance and insight and truth because I really believe that us humans are so focused on the hearing and now and a lot of what we give attention to is not the truth. It's based on our fear and it's based on our suffering. And if we can lean into mediumship and guidance from beyond, I know that we can live powerful lives where we're stepping into our purpose and we're experiencing that love, joy, and abundance that we came here for. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Melissa Mills. Hey Seeker, welcome to the Awakening Her podcast. I am so grateful that you've been led here and I'm excited for you that you're answering the call to manifest more magic in your life by mastering the law of attraction. So cool. My name is Talia and I'm committed to cutting the fluff and showing you exactly how to manifest more excitement, ease, success, abundance, confidence, love, and anything else you've been craving. So if you're ready to crack the code on manifestation, amplify your intuition, and play in the quantum. We are now besties. Let's do this. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you here today. 
Oh my gosh, I am beyond excited. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to have this delicious conversation with you. Yeah, I know. How do we know it's already going to be so delicious? It's just a knowing, right? (laughs) Sometimes I like to say the universe just knows and it brings people together. And I feel this was one of those divine timing intervention. And I actually don't feel this is the one and only thing we'll do. So I feel like watch the space people. (laughs) I can totally feel that. I see retreats. I see Bali, (laughs) New Zealand. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) me too. (laughs) And I'll have to come to Canada. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's beautiful here. I love it. Um, Cool. Well, how about let's start by having you just share a little bit about yourself and how you became um, a mentor and a medium and you call yourself a soul alignment mentor, right? So, yeah. So I, where do you kind of start, right? So I, my spiritual journey, my path, I have been told that I fought a cosmic battle to come to earth. And ever since I was a little girl, I, always knew that I was going to do something and I didn't necessarily know what that is until kind of now I've pieced the pieces together. So I'm an only child. So from a very young age, I always had imaginary friends who now I know weren't so imaginary. And when I was nine years old, we moved to New Zealand and life became very different. I'd grown up as a French citizen living in Africa. So we were, you know, first class, you know, everything was paid for. Life was amazing. We were traveling all the time. And then when we moved to New Zealand, it was like, oh, reality kind of hits. We don't get to live the high life anymore. And a lot of dark things started to happen in the sense that my uh, stepdad at the time, he was very abusive. And that started a journey for me of wanting to take my own life. And uh, that lasted for a a good 20 years. And I remember I was probably about 11 years old and I was standing outside the window ledge of my bedroom. We lived in a two-story house And I was about to jump thinking that, you know, that was going to do some damage, but probably would have only broken my legs or something. And I heard this voice outside of my head that said, don't jump, go to church. And every time I tell the story, I just get goosebumps. And I thought at the time that was God talking to me. And I was like, okay, I'll go back to bed. And I told my mom and then we started going to church and we were Catholic. And I just feel like, you know, Catholicism just did not resonate with me at all. And so I was more interested in drinking the wine. And and so I wanted to be, you know, get my communion so I could do that. And, and then we tried a whole heap of different churches, you know, whether that be Baptist or Protestant. I still didn't quite resonate, but I knew that there was something. And so when I was 18 years old, I had a friend who read for me, who read angel cards for me in the uni library. And I was like, never heard of a psychic before, never heard of mediums, had never even like knew the stuff existed. And so she read for me and I was like, how do you know this stuff? 
And she was like, you are meant to do this. And I was like, uh, I don't think so. This is only for crazy people. I am, am, this is just not my path. And she was just like, come on, go buy some angel cards and, and then you can just have a play. And so I started pulling out cards for people and the stuff that would come into my head seemed to be accurate. And I was like, man, I'm like really good at guessing this stuff. And um, she invited me to a show where a live medium who is quite a, a known one in New Zealand, Calvin Crookshank, I think he's kind of making his way to uh, the US and maybe he'll make it to Canada. And I remember watching him bringing through all these, you know, deceased loved ones and seeing his aura, like I'd never seen anyone's aura. And the my friend had also invited a medium from New Zealand and I happened to be sitting next to her and she said, come and see me for a reading because at that point I was like looking for Mr. Right. And so <laughs> she told me all about, you know, Mr. Right, who was baby daddy number two. And um, she also said to me, you're a psychic medium. And I was like, no, I'm not. Why does everyone keep telling me this? And she's like, come and train with me. And I was like, okay. So when I did my first course, I was like, oh my gosh, I this is who I am. And I was liberated, but also petrified because now I had a label for what I was. I thought, you know, I hear voices. I'm predominantly clear audience. So I thought everyone heard voices and I'd always had knowing about things and I could tell whether someone had good intentions or not. And I thought everyone could do that. Uh, it clearly it's not. <laughs> so I resisted coming out of the closet, as I call it. And I was like, no, I am just not, you know, going to do this until I got pregnant with baby number two. And I was a primary school teacher. So I had, I was on a fixed term contract, which means I, I could not go back to another job. So I was like, okay, I'll finally start this. And so that was September 12, 2012. I opened Melissa Mills HQ, as I like to call it. I was seven months pregnant. And I thought, you know, if I do this as a hobby, I'll be happy. You know, one client, a hobby turned into my full-time profession. And it just was like the spirit world. I think the universe was like, there she is. She's doing it. Um, and then, of course, as you step into your purpose, my marriage broke down. I had to, like, figure it all out. And so I know that one of the things you love to talk about is law of attraction and manifesting. And I feel like, oh, my gosh, the things that have happened in my life, I just go, is this really my life? Like, did, like how does this even happen? And so now, eight years later, here I am working uh, as a medium, a soulful alignment mentor, helping people all around the world. And I feel like it's such a huge honor. And mentioning Bali, just last little thing I'll say is I went there when I was 29. And like I said, my battle with suicide started when I was nine years old. And I made a commitment that in Bali, I was healing myself. And I feel like if anyone ever gets the opportunity, Bali is one of those pieces on earth that is uh, from the heavens. And since coming back from Bali and finally learning to love myself, I have been not wanting to leave this planet quite just yet free. <laughs> 
Wow. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for sharing that and just being so real and vulnerable. There's so much I can personally relate to in this, and I'm sure that all the listeners can as well. Um, that's so cool to hear how your journey unfolded. And I, I do card readings and, um, the stuff that comes through is insane. Sometimes I'll be talking to my husband and of course I don't reveal names or anything, but I'll be like, I went from this person to this person and the energy, the voice totally changed. The guidance was totally different. And a few years ago, I'm like, I really don't think I'm making this up. Like it's, it changes so much when I do them live on Facebook and people pop on, I do cards. It dramatically changes from person to person, what I hear, what I see. And there's this opening going on inside myself and I can just relate so much to what you're saying that I know I'm using a fraction of my gifts. You know, I, I get something where when I see people, um, whether it's in person or online, I get this sort of overarching feeling of like grief or um, sadness or loss or something like it's usually deep and it's usually weirdly enough on the negative side, but I just know that that's what they're dealing with. I just know it. But if someone was like, how do you know it? I'm like, I don't know, but it always seems to pan out. It always seems to leave them with goosebumps and speechless and all this stuff. And so it's cool to hear your story because I can relate so much to that unfolding and a little bit being nervous of it. Like, where is this going to take me? And, and that leap to actually step into saying like, I can help you. I can guide you in that way, not just coaching, not just mentoring, but from that intuitive place. And so that's really cool to hear. And it's neat to hear how that unfolding and just you being brave enough to step into it, you know, seven months pregnant, reinventing oh yourself. <laughs> I know. And it's honestly, it's one of those journeys where if I could go back, I'd do it all again. Because when I came out, really, I call it coming out of the closet as well, because, you know, coming out as a psychic medium just feels like probably the hardest thing to do in the whole entire world, because I went from being a teacher and everyone, you know, loves a teacher to now being Melissa, the psychic medium. And literally my friends just vanished. Like I said, my marriage broke out because of it. Um, my husband was all cool with me. I should say my ex-husband was all cool with me being a teacher, but as a psychic medium, I wasn't allowed to tell anybody that that's what I did because my goodness me, if it, if anyone found out, it would ruin his reputation. So it was really challenging. I had to rebuild every part of myself. And so if I can say something to people listening, it's like sometimes we get broken. Everything in our lives just get ripped out of us but something even more amazing emerges. And even though it's uncomfortable and and all that stuff and you're healing and you're growing and you're healing and you're like, oh my gosh, is this ever ending? You will be rewarded with the most incredible things. And I think one of the most powerful things that we have is our intention. And I think, you know, when it comes to law of attraction and manifesting is somewhere along the line, I must have said to myself, I want to live authentic to me. And I didn't want anyone in my life that wasn't going to love me for who I am. And I'd spent a lot of time being with romantic partners who would try to control me or friends who clearly only wanted to be my friends when I was, you know, society's idea of perfect. 
But now I have the most incredible people in my life who I know have my back 110%, no matter what I do, what I say. And it was definitely a journey to get here, but it is well worth it. Yeah. Oh man, I so hear you with that. Like you, it takes a, it is a coming out, whether it's within yourself or what you're doing to change a profession. It's like starting to own that, that side of you that not everyone is down with. And also realizing that's okay too. You know, my ex-husband, it reminds me a lot where he was brought up very Christian and (laughs) I remember the first time his mom came over, he literally told me to hide my Buddhas. (laughs) And I did. I hid my freaking Buddhas. And I remember after that, after she came and went and, um, but I remember after saying like, okay, sweetie, I respect you and your mom and all that, but I'm never hiding my Buddhas again. And he was just like, well, we can't, she can't know that you, you know, believe in that or that, you know, and it's that you're not Christian. I'm like, oh, she's going to find out. Like it's, Anyway, but it just, I, I hear you. It's like really hiding that part of yourself. Um, it's damaging. It kind of eats away at you because you're not living your truth, right? Yeah, it's it's demoralizing. And yeah. it's like, I remember thinking, you know, you're my husband. You're supposed to love me no matter what. And I'll never forget this stays with me it, it, all the time. And it, when I get in my head and I think I want to give up on all of this, because sometimes I'm just like, Working as someone who's here to help humanity in whatever way, you know, that is, whether that be as a healer or a teacher or what have you, you know, sometimes I just kind of think, oh my gosh, like this is too hard and I just want to have a normal job. I think of this moment and my son at the time, he would have been less than six months because he was still in a capsule in the back of the car. And my husband, my ex-husband was driving and I said to him, you know, one day I'm going to be on TV for what I'm doing. And aren't you going to be proud of me? And he goes, I'll never be proud of you for this. And that stays with me because now I've been on TV, you know, I've been in magazines, I've been on all the things. And it's like, you know what? And and funnily enough, you know, I'm Melissa Mills and Melissa Mills is my married name. And I'm like, he told me, you can't be that. And I'm like, watch me. I'm totally owning um, who I am with with this name. I think I married him just for the name, really, because Melissa Mills just sounds so cool. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That gave me like bad goosebumps. Like, how can someone say that? Oh, I know. So that is my motivation. Every time I, you know, think I can't do this or things that I'm wanting to create aren't quite jamming. I know the universe has some greater plan. I'm like, but this is what I want. Um, So I always think of that moment and go, this is, this is what I was born to do. Yeah. That's actually beautiful. Cause I was going to ask you, so even though you were with someone that wasn't, you know, super supportive, we'll call it, and you're a teacher and, you know, you felt that pressure to sort of everyone loves a teacher and all that. So even with those pressures, why did you take the leap then? What was it inside that was calling you? Oh my gosh. I kind of feel like I didn't have a choice. I feel like the universe saw an opportunity and was like, that's it, girly. You are on your mission. Get on with it. Uh, because literally, I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen anyone go from how quickly my career just exploded. It was, I, I didn't even have to do anything. I literally was like, I'm here and people were just showing up. You know, it felt such in flow. So 
I, like I said, I was pregnant. I had no job to go back to. I had to do something. Like every obstacle was removed out of my way. And I honestly did not believe in myself. Like I was charging $20 for an hour. I don't charge $20 for an hour now. I hope not. (laughs) No, 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 no. Like more than 100% more than that. But um, it's like not quite 100%. My math skills aren't that great. But it's... um, yeah, it was, I did not believe in myself. And that's why I charged that. I was like, oh, are people going to listen to what I'm saying? At the time I was 25 and this is before the Tyler Henry's and all of that kind of stuff. So I had no one my age doing this. Everyone was in the like their fifties or sixties. And that just seemed so old to me. And so I was like, no, one's going to take me seriously. People are going to think that I have no experience. I don't know what I'm doing. And that's why I was like, uh, I don't know. But I eventually found that my my reason for being here is to modernize all of this. And so I always talk that, you know, I refer to myself as New Zealand's modern medium. And that's because when you come and see me, it's literally just like hanging out. And I there's nothing, you know, weird. It's, it's just, I, I don't know how else to explain it, but I really feel that my purpose was to bring it to the modern day ages, you know, where it's not something that's so taboo and something that's just so like untalked about. And for years when people would say to me, what do I do? I would cringe because I'd be like, oh, I'm a psychic medium. Like, do I tell them what I do? What are they going to think? Oh my gosh. And now I'm so proud. I'm like, dude, this is what I do. Like, I don't even care if someone is triggered by it anymore. I'm like, this is who I am. And it's like telling, you know, someone to, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like one of those feelings that's so freeing to be authentic and not worry anymore about the judgment of others. Cause I feel like I had that with the closest person they can, you know, the judgments matter. I had that with my ex-husband. So it's like, no, I don't care. I'm like, I had it. I've experienced what it's like to be uh, scrutinized. I've also been um, humiliated nationwide as well. I went on a radio station, a very well-known radio station in New Zealand And they had me on. I thought it was amazing. And then they spent the whole of the following week talking about how my episode was the worst episode they've ever had and how they're going to redeem themselves. And it was awful. I like hit under a rock for a whole week going, oh my gosh, like my name was mentioned over and over and over again throughout the day for this whole week about how awful it was. Uh, So, you know, I've had it. I feel like I've been through the whole burnt at the stake nonsense. Wow. Wow. That's intense, man. (laughs) That is intense. (laughs) And sometimes, you know, what I'm hearing too in that is like, it's because you're meant to go big. So if you get a few ridicules under your belt, then you'll have what it takes to be able to stand in your truth. Because I know that some of the biggest people out there speaking their message, they have 
all the haters as well, right? People that devote Facebook groups to them or petitions to them or, you know, Gabby Bernstein gets hate mail all the time about how she's doing the devil's work. And I've heard her talk about that. And But she, it's because she's standing for something bold. So it, in, you know, in hindsight, it obviously builds you up and creates that strength to go forward. But in the moment, that must be the hardest thing ever, you know? Yeah, I, I kind of look at it in a sense. It's like a rite of passage, you know? If you are doing this work and you haven't had a troll like make a comment on your Facebook page or something like you are not big enough yet you are not stepping into your full power and potential because it's like a rite of passage and it used to aggravate me and I would you know write these big rants about how I don't have to explain myself and blah 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 and now you know what I just got I just send them love I send them love because clearly you know they say hurting people hurt people and uh, I just go at some point, whether it's now or in your next life, you'll you'll awaken and you'll discover the absolute truth of who you are. And we are all pure, unconditional love, abundance and joy and freedom. And so, you know, that's kind of what I hope they will discover at some point. Yeah, I hear you with that. I haven't had enough haters, so I'm obviously not big enough yet, but... Oh, no, no, no. One is enough to tell you, you know, that it's a rite of passage. You know, it's one of those things. If someone hasn't given you the side eyes yet because of what you do, it's like you're not stepped into it enough, clearly, because, right. you know, I feel it with you. You're you're here to do really big work on, on such a global scale. It's really exciting. I, I see so many similarities between you and I. It's like... I'm looking in the mirror. I think we even look kind of similar as well. It's so it's so fun. Um, but, you know, I feel this, there's really, uh, not that I'm supposed to be like reading for you, but anyway, we'll go for it. Um, I feel like there's incredible opportunities that are going to open up in a sense where you'll look back and go, wow, like how did I even like get here to serve the world, you know, like the journey, it's all going to be worth it. And so keep manifesting, girl. There's some real, so many awesome things for you. So does it involve my psychic gifts? <laughs> it involves it all. I even feel it's stuff that you haven't even tapped into yet. And it's all to do with your past life mastery. I feel like you'll probably do like a past life regression or something like that. And you'll unlock it all. And you'll be like, oh my gosh, I can do this and I can do that. And there's quite a shamanic kind of heritage with you. I don't, you know, a shaman is something that you can't become. You're born as a shaman, but potentially in a past life, you have some shamanic kind of abilities and you'll tap into that. I feel maybe not in Sedona because I know there's quite a big portal in Sedona, but maybe somewhere else in the world, you'll open that up and you'll be like on your way, like intuitive healing, mediumship, you know, stuff that maybe doesn't even exist yet. You'll be doing it. Oh, thank you. And that resonates really deep. The part of that I've only tapped into this much of my gifts continues to come up. And I'm in this even just the last few weeks, I've had sessions with um, healers and my own like journal channeling where it's like, girl, you have no idea. And it's like, I'm sitting here going, but I want to know. So teach me, teach me, teach me. It's like, I'm just being patient. Just, just enjoy the ride. Just know it's unfolding, you know? Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes it's not because you're not ready. It's because the world hasn't vibrationally upgraded enough to receive what it is that you have to offer. So sometimes it's not even about you. It's about we 
we've got to raise the collective consciousness to get to that point where it can be receptive to receive this really powerful stuff. So I'm all about flipping it. And uh, so you'll often hear me say about the flip it mindset. And that's what I see for you is you've got all the things. And once you tap into it, it's like so super easy, but it's a lot of past life mastery that you're bringing into this life. And it kind of feels to me that you've spent your whole past lives working up to this grand moment. Like this is the granddaddy of lives for you. You're saying all the things that I feel. <laughs> just, it's it's what I feel. And it's funny because sometimes I, I like hearing, and I thank you for saying that sometimes it's not just that I'm not ready because I go through this back and forth of like, what am I doing to stop my success? Because a lot of this in the coaching industry and in the personal development, it's like, where are you blocking yourself? And so I've been swept up a little bit in like, where am I resisting my greatness? And where am I afraid of this? And I think that there's a lot to that, of course. And continuous healing and clearing. But sometimes I feel like it's something so much bigger that I can't see that it's almost like, don't beat yourself up. Don't take it all on you. It's not just Talia right now that's causing a problem in quotes. It's something bigger, you know? So that tries, that kind of encourages me to just relax and release and just go with what feels good and go where I'm called and know that it will unfold. Um, But there's moments where I kind of go, but I want it now, but that excitement's conjuring and building. And I think that's also important, right? Is for that readiness to kind of bubble within. Yeah. And you know, part of, you know, law of attraction and all, all of that kind of stuff is, the universe is always working with you. And even though one of the biggest traps that we fall into with it is, well, it hasn't happened yet. And we're always focusing on the fact that it hasn't happened. And that is what is going to rob you of actually experience it. And we have to trust that the universe has a greater plan than how we can even manifest it. And so for you, you know, let go of those blocks. You're not blocking anything. It's just the world isn't hasn't like upgraded yet. We haven't gone through as the collective light workers have, right? Like people like you and I, we've done it. I, I you know, like I said, I started in 2012, so I was part of that wave of light workers that have been bringing in that 5D energy that we're moving into the rise of the feminine, and so we, we've got to help the rest of the world to kind of get there as well. And then once they're there, that's when we come in and we go, bam, this is this is why we fought those cosmic battles to be here. And uh, let's do what we what came here to do. But I just want to say to you right now, it's like you're assimilating, I think is that the word, when you're just soaking it all up so that you can you know, when, when the time is right, you're just boom, there I am. And and you won't be, you know, having to learn and, and get yourself established. You'll already be there. And it's super exciting to, to see that in your energy, but I really loved having into your, your past life mastery. I really see that at some point uh, you were a, a nun of all things. I'm like, oh my gosh, you were a nun. And, uh, but you were actually kind of a witchy nun, so you weren't you weren't drowned. It's not the era might have been, but I don't see you being drowned or burned or anything. But you did a lot of things for empowering women, even though you you know there was the faith. I feel like it was such a 
uh, such a crazy time to be alive. And you helped so many women to be freed from um, enslavement. So I feel like it was around the time of slavery, but we're talking slavery like in Roman times with um, gladiators and that kind of era. So you were, yeah, this nun who helped a lot of women to be freed. And and that's what you're going to do. I feel like you're part of helping people to step into the freedom of what it is to be human. Because right now, a lot of people aren't and that freedom. Hmm. <laughs> I've got like emotions and watery <laughs> eyes and it's so crazy. It's so freaking cool because on in this human experience, I can't relate to being a nun at all, but something deep inside of me is like tingling as you say that. And I just love that stuff. I love tuning into what truth feels like because it's just like, once you know that feeling of something, you know, it's huge. And thank you for saying that. Um, I definitely want to have like full on readings with you. I can feel <laughs> I knew just as we started reaching out to each other in the last few days, I was like, she's going to be important in my path. So I do. I'm so excited. (laughs) I feel the same. I feel like, oh, I want to, I want to be a little bit on the side as you're like growing your thing. I'm like, I kind of want to be a part of that. So I think, you know, there's such a a big message here for for everyone that's listening because every single person out here, we have a reason for having come on earth right now and whether you're sitting there going, but I'm not going to change the world. Well, you are, you will change the world by stepping into your authenticity and stepping into your greatness. And I always say there will never be another you as there is right now in all of earth's existence. And if you just take a moment and think of that, it's like, wow, in the whole entire universe, I will never exist as who I am right now. And so every single one of us has a piece of the puzzle that's going to help humanity in some way, the greater consciousness, because we're all interconnected, whether we realize that or not. And so whatever it is, maybe you're here to heal generational trauma. Maybe you're here to heal yourself so that, you know, that doesn't spread on. Maybe Maybe you've come here to be a teacher or a guardian, or maybe you came here to bring more color to the world, you know, whatever it might be. When we say the world, it doesn't always have to mean like the world. It could literally be your family or your community, but every single one of us has a calling. Otherwise, there is no need for you to be here. And we've come here to physically experience what it is to be the source energy, this unconditional love and abundance and joy. And the best part of it all is creation. We've come here to create. And so I get excited because when someone like you is here to help free humanity so that they can step into that, I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine the incredible things that people are going to start doing? They're going to be so much more in their passion. They're going to be earning money that is coming at a at a from a place of joy rather than a place of holy crap I hate my job right because that doesn't serve you so it's exciting super exciting yeah that's incredible thank you for that so does that kind of is that tie into purpose tie into your soul's purpose because I really do believe that 
the, the big broad picture, the way it occurs to me is that our purpose is to share our light, is to be authentically us, is to express our gifts and our passions and really just be the light. And then of course that can look different ways, but a lot of people attach purpose to a job or purpose to a career. So I'd love to hear your take on our human purpose right now and then how that kind of plays into like our soul's purpose and what that's all about. Oh, I love that question so much. I honestly believe that our purpose here on earth is to physically experience love. That's it. Like we overcomplicate it, but that is it. And experience love in all its facets. The first one is loving ourselves. And if that's all you manage to do this lifetime, then that is amazing because that is one of the most challenging ones. Of course, then to have this love for something that is beyond this earth, whether that is your God or a creator or angels or whatever, hopefully it's the good stuff, right? But um, And then, of course, for the love of our fellow man and the other occupants of the planet. So I really believe that our reason for coming into this physical experience is to have the opportunity to feel this physical aspect of love. And so within that, right, we've all come in with this uniqueness. And this is when our soul's mission kind of comes in. So your purpose is to love. Just be like a love bug. Love yourself. Love everything. But that also means love what you're doing. Love what you're eating. Love what you're watching. You know, it's all about that experience. We do have the contrast of hate and anger and all of that because if we didn't have the contrast, we wouldn't know what love is or we wouldn't get to experience love. However, we're not meant to give as much momentum to the contrast as what we're giving. So that's what the the purpose. Now, your mission, that's when you use your gifts and your talents and your abilities to bring some sort of service to the world. And like I said, that could be within your family or globally. That That is going to be depending on what you've chosen to do. So every single one of us has something. We're good at something. And you might be an amazing um, person who learns languages. So maybe you're, you can help with translating. Maybe you are someone who is an incredible artist. And so, you know, you can bring love to people because they've got your art in their house. Or maybe you are someone who is a healer. And so even, you know, and you can do that with your words as a counselor, you know, like every single one of us has some form of mastery. Every single one of us has, you know, a special something that makes us who we are. And that is the mission. So we've kind of got the purpose, which is, you know, discovering love. And then we've got the mission, which is how can you serve? How can you leave this world better than how you came into it? That is the mission. And along the way, you're mushing the two together. You're mushing the love and the mission and hopefully um, living a life that is full of abundance because we derive from an abundant universe. We do not derive from a lack universe. We don't even know how far the universe spans. Like the universe creates with absolute ease and flow. And that's what 
life is all about, universal laws. It's all about the ease and the flow. So when we're in that alignment, and that's why I call it soulful alignment, because when you're aligned with the truth of who you are, which is simple, you are love. That's it. You are nothing else. You are love housed in that. You've got the abundance. You've got joy. You've got appreciation. You've got all those wonderful things. So when you're in alignment with that, then you honestly co-create a life that is not only one you fantasize and daydream about, but it's one where you give people the opportunity to step into that as well for themselves. So yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I, I believe purpose and missions are. That's incredible. I love the way you say that. It just makes a lot of sense um, and kind of separates the two. But as you say, they also do go together. Um, is that why your podcast is called Rise With Love? <laughs> I love that. So my podcast is called Rise With Love. And that to me is we all have those dark times. We all have those moments that break us. So not only did I have that with my you know, battle with suicide, I had such a crazy time with my life being turned upside down and I had to make a choice. And I was like, well, I'm all about love. So I got to do something. And instead of falling, I want to rise. So rise with love to me is a movement where we are in soulful alignment and we are spreading basically what you're going to do, the freedom to humanity, the fact that we are, you know, abundant and it's that Phoenix moment, that moment in your life where everything just breaks you and you've, you, the only thing you can do is come out of the ashes. And we all have those moments and we probably have them more than once, right? Because that's what we do. We, I always say it's like, heal, (laughs) you know, grow, repeat, you know, that's kind of like the process. And so rise with love to me is a philosophy of being in alignment with the universe and, and the love that is, that is all of us. So, yeah. I love that. So going back to the purpose and the mission, From your perspective, do you think that, so say someone is innately just a really great artist or a musician or something, but say they experience struggle when they try to make that a business, struggle to sell their art, struggle to sell their music. Do you think that we're always meant to exchange money for these gifts? Um, If you are like insanely talented, is it just you're supposed to become that um, to to support yourself or do you think that that's individual for everybody and it's not always supposed to exchange for money? Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And a, a part of me is like, I want to answer that in like so many different ways. <laughs> First, I want to say it's like when you're doing what you love, you become successful anyway, right? Because you're doing it from a place of passion and joy and people vibe off that energy. So it's like you and I, I I can't believe people pay me what I, I for what I do because I'm like it's not even work for me like this is so much fun I love what I do so much I just want to keep doing it 24/7 you know it's like I love and breathe because that's who I am and so you know 
it's the story. Things don't necessarily get handed to you on a silver platter. Even though the universe manifests with absolute ease and flow, sometimes you've got to go through the process of appreciating it. And so it's not that you're not getting the money for doing what you're doing, is you've got to go through maybe healing the fact that you've got money blocks. And so it's not that people are, are not buying your art, it's that maybe you're not valuing your art. Maybe you're like me and it was like 20 bucks an hour uh, and I was getting like every man and his dog and it's like, they don't care what you say for 20 bucks. Whereas now people listen to what I got to say, right? So maybe someone's undercharging for their art or um, maybe you're afraid of what people are going to think of your art. So there's a healing opportunity. So I don't look at it as this isn't what you're meant to do. It's okay. Where's the resistance within you that is attracting that? Because that's all it is. We honestly, life is a mirror of what we are experiencing on the inside. And so let's say you did decide to become an artist because you like, oh, I just, and my mom is like that, actually. My mom is an artist and she did the artwork for um, my Oracle cards that I created with mediumship. So I hope we'll talk about that as well. So, and her art is just so amazing. And she would never be the kind of person that would be like, make an art piece and sell it. But now her art is empowering, you know, thousands of people all around the world through them using the cards. So it's not that you're not meant to do this. It's something inside of you. You've been given the greatest opportunity to heal some form of resistance. Usually it's going to be judgment uh, because we've all been judged for something that we've said or done and been prosecuted in past lives for it, but also to align yourself with abundance because you're probably not in soulful alignment. You're uh, coming at it from a place of lack and scarcity rather than absolute passion and joy and we all hear this the rags to riches stories right they're the most exciting sometimes if it was just to happen you know maybe you wouldn't appreciate it maybe then you would not do the good that you came here to do right because if it's taken you a while you fully are so in the moment for every single person that buys your art and you're like oh my gosh that person bought my art I'm like so happy so then you would take that um, how can I explain it? That energy, even when everyone knows who you are, I hope that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I definitely hear you on that. It's, it's almost like it comes down to, it's not that you're not meant to do it. It's the human journey, the, the, this lifetime or whatever messy sort of the ego, the resistance, the, so instead of saying, am I not meant to do this to, uh, cause I know there's a lot of creatives out there. My husband's a musician. He's had up and down experiences in the industry and a lot of friends and clients and all that. So it's not that you're not meant to do it. It's that it's an opportunity to heal and, I don't know, maybe there's also divine timing too, right? Like I look back and I know why I wasn't successful five years ago because I just didn't have the tools and the healing and the things that I've experienced now. So I can only imagine five years from now, 10 years from now, how I can look back and go, that was all so necessary because that struggle, if you're a seeker, like we are, it, it encourages you to look within and say, what am I, you know, what is there to be healed here? How can I allow more love and light and, um, joy into my life, you know? Yeah. I yeah. want to just kind of put it in this perspective. 
when I first started, I was 25, right? I was like, I want to be famous. <laughs> you know, my father is a musician. I grew up thinking I was going to be the next Britney Spears, you know, so I have been on a stage since I was two years old. I'm a singer, you know, was on New Zealand Idol, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? So um, that's who I wanted to be. And so when I came out as a psychic medium, I was like, I'm going to be like Lisa Williams. She's so cool. I'm going to be famous like her. And there is no way that I would have been doing it for the right reasons if that would have happened. Now I look at it as when I get up in the morning, who is it that I'm supposed to serve rather than let me become rich and famous so everyone like loves me. It's actually not about me anymore. And so maybe that's the shift. Maybe it's about how can I help the greater good rather than how can I make Melissa awesome. I hope that kind of makes sense, but that's where I was at. And I would have fallen flat on my face. I wouldn't have been able to handle the criticism because when you rise like that for your own personal gain and you get all the haters, then especially with someone who's battled with suicide, like that is not a healthy thing to experience. So maybe for the journey, like you said, the human journey, it's also understanding that we are part of the greater good. And yes, we totally deserve to be rewarded abundantly. Like charge for your things, get paid as an artist, you know, like totally, that is part of it. That is the energy exchange. And if it's not happening, you're probably in the wrong vibration of it. Charge more is usually what I would say, because you're probably undercharging, right? But that is our divine right is to have this abundance. So don't don't look at money as anything other than it's just energy. I always say to people, when you hold, you know, I don't know, do you guys have $5 where you are? I don't know. But yeah. let's say, you know, you hold $5 in your hand, like a note. I'm like, what is it doing to you? And people look at you and go like, oh, nothing. So I'm like, well, why are you so scared of it? You know, it's just what we used to exchange. So money, you know, we've got to stop saying things like it's the root of all evil or rich people are snobby or, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. We've got to stop saying stuff like that because we derive from an abundant universe. And the more abundance one person has, the more they can create and help raise the human consciousness. So that's where I was at in the beginning. Now, completely different. I'm like, it doesn't matter how it happens, as long as I know that I'm creating some form of ripple that is helping humanity to ascend to this energy of love. Mm. Oh, I love that. That's so, so good. Thank you. Oh, that's amazing. Um, okay. Can I ask you about spirit guides and, you know, the guides and the support that we have around us? I'd love to hear um, what anything you have to say about spirit guides, loved ones that have passed, and basically our support team that's on the other side that hangs out with us. <laughs> oh, I love it. I have, um, you used to call it the spiritual team. Now I like to call it the team of light. And that's because I've become really interested in things that are beyond this earth per se. So I've become really into cosmic beings. And so for me, your team of light is made up of incredible beings from all different dimensions of the cosmos, the universe, to assist you in co-creating your best life. Because the number one thing is, as human beings, we have free will. And so our team of light cannot intervene 
I mean, unless we're in serious danger, but they cannot intervene in how we choose to live our lives. They can guide us, but they can't actually make decisions for us because we have free will. That is part of the human experience. So most people will start to dive into the spirituality when a loved one crosses over. That's when a lot of people start to go, is there more to life? Like, now I'm really sad. I don't know what to do. There's something missing in my life and then might go on a personal journey. So for me, I always say mediumship is the absolute doorway to our divinity because our loved ones go back to being our energetic bodies, our astral bodies, their ethereal, uh, sorry, not ethereal, etheric body. And that is source energy, that pure unconditional love. And so they are able to remind us of who we are, because remember your purpose is to be love. All right. So they help us with that. And so within our team of light, we all have a spirit guide. We actually have lots of spirit guides, but we have one main spirit guide. It's called different things with different, you know, places in the world. I call it the master guide. Some people call it the gatekeeper. I think it's just like saying tomato, tomato, (laughs) same, same, right? You have one master guide stays with you from the very first moment you decide to come into this incarnation to the moment you leave. Then you'll have other guides that will come and go. Usually with all your spirit guides, you've had a human experience with them before. They're not just like somebody random that just goes, oh, I'll be your spirit guide. So you usually have some form of connection with them from a past life. Then, of course, you have the angelic realm. You have ascended masters. You have elementals. I love elementals. I've only just started playing with them. So your elementals are things like your fairies, your unicorns, your dragons, your leprechauns, you know, all of those kind of really cool things. And then you have um, as well celestial beings. And I know that might seem really like, ooh, for some people. But what we have to remember is that archangels have never had a human experience except for Metatron and Sandolphin, right? And if you don't know what archangels are, Google it, right? You'll you'll find some really cool things. Archangels are amazing, but they are cosmic beings too because they, they haven't existed in this human realm on earth. So anything that isn't a being that's had a physical experience here on earth is a cosmic celestial being, right? And so I kind of am very open to believing that we are not the only thing that exists in this universe. And so I've been, like when I went to Stonehenge, for example, I asked, how did the stones get here? And I saw these blue beings in my mind and they put the stones there and I was like, oh, okay. And I've worked with a lot of people where I've seen green beings with them and the blue beings. I was like, I don't really know who these people are. So I've been kind of tapping in to Arcturians and Palladians and Syrians. And so working with different realms of the cosmos has been really exciting. So I'm seeing a lot more of these beings, which I'm sure have always been there, but part of people's, you know, team of light because they're here to help us really anchor in the love. We are in a crucial time of humanity. I've I've said it for many, many years. Many of my students will tell you that I believe we're in the age kind of like what happened to Atlantis, where they're going to wipe us out and start again because we, we've, we've become about the self rather than about the interconnected oneness. And so 
if we don't change things up now, if we don't really come back to what it is, and and that is love, then they're gonna they're gonna go reset button on on humans, right? So I believe these beings they're here because they understand that you know Earth has so much potential and it's quite a sought after resource for um, the rest of the universe. So they really want to help us to get this right so that we can continue our existence. And that's not the ones that want to keep us enslaved. I'm talking about the the good guys because there are, there's definitely like everything, there's polarities and that we couldn't have light without darkness. We couldn't have day without night, you know, like it, it just doesn't, we can't coexist otherwise. So I love working with um, my team of light. And, you know, sometimes I get a little bit stubborn. <laughs> I'm not sure if you do as well, but I could see that about you. Um, you know, and I get a little bit stubborn and I'm like, come on, make it happen. You know, like manifest this for me. Um, but it's a wonderful thing. Even if you don't know who your spiritual team, your team of light is, you can just say, whoever's looking after me, help me with this. Because they, they're not offended if you don't let them, you know, if you don't know who they are. But of course, you can discover that there's many YouTube meditations where you can meet your spirit guides and all of that kind of stuff. So it's so much fun. That is so incredible. I've been told I have a dragon that hangs out with me. All oh, the time. you are so lucky. I've, I've I want told, a dragon. <laughs> yeah, I've been told that a few times that he just like, especially when I'm in my office and helps me with creativity and all this different stuff, but he just hangs out around my neck. And sometimes I'll be sitting here and I just feel this, like this tingle up and down my back. And I'm like, hey, buddy, like, I don't know, you know, apparently it's a girl, <laughs> but um that's just really amazing. And I've become more open to that or not even open, but it's come into my reality more and more in the last few years that it's so much more than just my Nana or this one spirit guide that there is this team of beings and light and things that we can't even put words to because they're not, you know, things that we're used to seeing. They're not in human form. They're in all these different forms. And that makes a lot of sense to me because I really think that this life experience for people like us and intuitives and people that are really open, this is what this like this experience is like. It's so full and more than we could ever comprehend, right? Until we're on that other side. So it just makes sense to me to limit, to think it's just your friend who passed away or just a spirit guide that looks like a human feels so human to think that. <laughs> so it's cool to hear that perspective. Um, so if somebody was to say, you know, whoever's looking after me can can you really help me? Can you help me? Whether it's to manifest this or to make this change in my life, how would they then look for the guidance that is coming forward? Yeah, that's such a like a big question in, in some ways. But I always say, you know, um, signs and symbols are very important. And then I the reason I always talk about mediumship being a really good place to start is because when you can develop your mediumship, then you understand how to work with the universe. Because in mediumship, we develop two extra senses than we do when working intuitively. So intuitively, you're working with your clairvoyance, your clairaudience, and your clairsentience. So seeing, hearing, feeling. 
But in mediumship, we also work with clear scent, which is smell, and we also work with clear gustience, which is taste. So you're developing more senses. So your body is incredible and you've got to start trusting it because a lot of the time you'll be receiving the answer, but you'll get in your head and you'll go, hmm, was that my imagination? Did I really see that flash of light? Is that feather really a sign? You know, like, and then we just overthink it. I was like, just keep it simple. Seriously, like if you thought this feather is from your grandmother, it's from your grandmother. Like you don't need someone to clarify that for you. All right, just go, go with it. If you see the number 444, instead of going, oh, I always see 444 and I, you know, I think it's something, you know, like Google, what does 444 mean, right? And trust that it's coming from your team of light. And sometimes it will be a collective there. All of them are sending you a sign or sometimes it will be, you know, a particular loved one because you've thought about them and their song comes on the radio and then you'll go, oh, that's just a coincidence, right? Um, there are no coincidences in life. You know, the, the, your team of light, the universe, your, your loved ones in spirit, they are higher intelligence because when we come into this physical body, we really have to work with the mind and the contrast. So in the other realms, we don't have things like hate and, and anger and guilt and judgment. So we, we're kind of occupied by all of that. So we're a higher intelligence when we're not in this physical body. So the fact that there's a feather on the ground, like you have to just take a step back and realize what that took to manifest that physically. Okay, or the fact that someone made a license plate appear in front of you that says, you know, like somebody's name. I don't know if you have personalized license plate in in Canada, but we have them in New Zealand. So let's say, you know, you um, your grandmother's name was Betty and uh, and then someone has a little car and it's and, and the license plate is Betty. And you could be like, oh, that that that's my Nana's name, you know, but you don't think anything else of it. It's like the universe is constantly sending you these signs and symbols and your body is such an incredible vessel because we can actually pick up on energy. So when we work with our clairsentience, for example, you know, when two people have had a fight and you walk into the room and you feel that energy, right? So, um, I always say sometimes like an itch. So let's say, you know, your dad placed his hand on, this is your dad in spirit, placed his hand on your shoulder. And then you don't necessarily know that, but you get an itch and you're like, oh, I just got an itchy shoulder. Or, um, and that could be, you know, they've just put their hand on your shoulder because you needed, you know, a little pat on the back or a little bit of support. So your body will be receptive to energy. You'll feel a different temperature. You'll hear thoughts in your mind like, like, you know, people might say, oh, you're schizophrenic because I hear voices. That's how I work. I'm clear, a predominantly clear audience. So it's thoughts in my mind. Um, you'll see things. Sometimes you'll be like, oh, did I, did I see that? Like, did anyone else see that? You know, like you, there's so many like ways of explaining that. So I believe the more and more we tap into it, the more we kind of giggle and go, all right, yeah, I got that sign. Or if you're just starting out, pulling out angel cards and oracle cards. I'm not personally huge on tarot because I think tarot, you've got to really develop that. The tarot is such a 
ancient way of working and you've got to be prepared to work with the polarities of energies as well with tarot. But Oracle cards are so easy and there's like the book. You just go to the back of the book and look what the card says. So you can start there, right? So um, journaling, I think, is an amazing way of receiving wisdom from the universe. Meditation, oh my gosh, if you start meditating, the things that you're going to be able to experience, I mean, where do you even start, right? But this, you're being you're being sent signs and symbols every single day. You just got to stop overthinking it and just go, okay, that was a sign. Yeah, I so agree with that for sure. I also like to say to my clients, notice how that meant to, that made you feel when you mm. do tune into that subtle energy body. Like if I look at the clock and it's two, two, two or whatever, I go, oh, ooh, and that's a sign. So I could go like, oh, two, 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 and then go, well, was it really a sign? But that's the, the, the humanness, the doubt coming in. But how did that first make you feel? Or when you saw the feather drop in front of you, or even just a really good idea, like you said, that is the solution to something you've been asking or the next step in something. It's a, you know, how did that idea make, make you feel? And that's to me how I can really determine if it's a sign or not, or if, and and usually when I'm overthinking or I'm doubting that obviously doesn't feel good. So I'm not aligned with the truth of what is, but when I see something or get a notion or a, a warm, fuzzy feeling it, you can tell that you're aligned. That's how I said earlier, I like to feel truth in my body. When you're saying that about the nun, it was just this subtle, like, Ooh, like all my cells are a little bit, um, open or sensitive or something for that moment. And that's, you know, how it, how it makes you feel is a big indicator. And as you said, a, um, a song on the radio or, you know, synchronicities that happen in, you know, you'll be watching a TV show and someone says something that you had just said or whatever, that feeling of like, whoa, did you see that? I was just, that feeling itself shows you that it is divine. It, like you say, there's no coincidences. It's like coincidences are messages. It's not just That's weird. Right you know, strange. Um, But, you know, as well, it's not always like the fuzzies or warm and fuzzies. I don't know if you have that expression as well, like the feel goods. Sometimes like I'll be driving and all I get is red lights or I just come to lots of stop signs. And so those are also signs for me that, hey, actually you need to slow down or this isn't the right thing for you to do. Or so it's not always like, Yay! You know, you do also get signs that are like a reminder or maybe little warnings as well. So they work in ways that are just going to help you to co-create your best life because that's what they're dedicated to do. They th- That's their purpose. Like they want something to do. So you're saying, all right, I got that sign. They're like, woohoo! And then they'll keep sending you more signs. And, and then life just becomes in such ease and flow because you're you're still doing it. You're still free. You've got your free will, but you're just co-creating from a place of trust, love, and abundance rather than from a place of lack, scarcity, and fear. Mm. Yeah, I really like that because I, yeah, that's so true is it's not always like, yay signs, you know, sometimes there's a lot of resistance going on in life. And what I'll do is I'll back up out of, what I sort of say out of Talia, that's like processing the day and I'll just sit with it and go, what is this telling me? Or stop signs or something. It's like, what could this be telling me? And when you said like telling you to slow down, I'll, I'll get that 
that nudge. It's like, oh yeah, right. So that's a, that's a really good reminder that it's not always, um, it's not always happy <laughs> or positive. Well, or it's not that it's not that it's not like I don't believe anything is ever good or bad. It's not that it's like a bad thing, but sometimes we aren't in the moment. Mm. All right, we're already in the tenth moment that hasn't even happened yet, and sometimes we've got to remember that the most precious moment that we have is the now. And so I think that's what those signs are. Or sometimes, you know, we're we're wanting something to happen so bad that we'll just kind of settle for whatever thing happens. You know, let's say let's use relationships because relationships are always a good one. Let's say you really want a husband and you're on Tinder. I don't even know if Tinder's a thing anymore, but um, let's say you're on Tinder and the first guy that like pops up and you're like, oh, he, there we go. Someone's interested in me. He's my husband. But actually, if you'd given more time um, and you listened to the signs that kind of went, well, he's not the hair color that you like. He's not in a job that you you wanted him to be, you know, like you would actually go, you know what, this is a great sign of the universe showing me that I'm, you know, ready to accept love. But, you know, if I, if I allow more, then maybe something greater will come. So I think that's what those signs are all about. Mm. Yeah, that's a really cool way of, of saying it. And I, I hear you with that. That's really neat. So could you um, share with us, so talking about law of attraction, um, I would love to hear that, hear about, (laughs) I'd love to hear what law of attraction is from your perspective, how this human experience works and how we can use it to move ourselves forward when somebody does want to create change in their life. They want to change, you know, a lot of times there's health, they want to, you know, attract a mate, have more money, maybe start a business. So you know, from your perspective, what is law of attraction? How does this human experience work? And like, how can we use it to create change? Yeah, I think the very most important thing to kind of align with law of attraction is understanding that you have free will, and that no one is creating your life for you. You are in the driver's seat, co-creating it. And I always say it's a co-creation, because you along with the universe, make it happen. You're not doing it on your own. If you think that you have to make it happen yourself, then you are not manifesting from a place of abundance. So to me, law of attraction is aligning to the power of the universe. And for me, that is love, right? I really believe in in that. That's fully my alignment. It's worked so far. So I'm going to say, you know, try and align with love. Um, And when you're in that, that's when you can co-create. So you might have a desire. And I always say, you know, that we all have it where we have that little niggle inside of us and we go, oh, my God, that would be amazing. And then we tell somebody and they're like, why would you do that? Right. And we lose that momentum. So I always say trust when something comes to you that it is meant to be yours and you've got to hold on to that because imagination, yes, it's a thing, but it's not a thing. There is no such thing as imagination per se. Your imagination is your own unique way of interpreting the universe. And so it plays a huge role in what you might want to have, but also you might want more when you get to that point because that 
what you were manifesting was from what you knew of your reality and your potential at the time. So the key components to law of attraction and manifesting is all about the intention and the feeling. It's actually got nothing necessarily to do with what you say, really, though I I think affirmations are really important. But let's say that I said uh, the affirmation, I want to um, have a multi-million dollar business. And I'm saying that and inside of me, I'm feeling poor. All right. The universe is going to respond to the poor feeling rather than me saying, I want a multi-million dollar business, all right? So how we feel is crucial. And that's why we want to get into that state of joy and abundance and love and freedom and empowerment because that's how we're creating what we want. Now, every single person is an amazing manifester. You are either manifesting the life that you want or you are manifesting the life that you don't want. So if you're really good at manifesting what you don't want, you are going to nail manifesting because it's just a change of energy. A lot of the time it's just changing how you say things, right? So that you can get in alignment with the right energy and you want to get into joy. So I'm a huge Abraham Hicks fan and they talk about how every 17 seconds you are creating your life. So if I spend my time, you know, let's use loved ones in spirit passing. So if I spend 17 seconds in grief, I have just created another 17 seconds of grief and then another 17 seconds and then another 17 seconds. So what am I creating? I am creating from a place of absolute fear Uh, scarcity and lack. I'm creating from that. So what's my future going to look like? It ain't going to be amazing because I haven't created, even though I might not have put out there, I want a multi-million dollar business in that moment. I'm still creating not having that because I'm in that low vibration energy. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge, yeah. I was going to say, it's all about the feeling. It's And the when you're visualizing or when you're creating vision boards, because I'm huge, I think those are amazing because I think sometimes it's nice to have those visual prompts, right? But it's not just about putting a pretty picture. It's look at the picture and create the emotion attached with that. And if it does not excite you, take the goddamn picture off, okay? It's got to like move you profoundly. So it's got to make you feel so excited. So I always say the only two things you need to be about your future are eager and excited. If you're anything else, then start again, you know, get into a better state. And so have a list of things that can bring your vibration up. If you don't know where to start, I always say put on 80s boogie music because you can't feel anything else other than like, you know, put on boogie shoes. I mean, how can you not feel amazing after boogie shoes, right? So have something that can just change your state. And also they say like, you know, even washing your hands uh, underwater can change your vibration. So we want to be in that high vibration as much as possible. And whatever you put out, and I believe this is energetically, you'll get back. Mm, I love that. I also like too, is I, I often can hear what the 
person who is stuck would say to this. So I just feel called to say, this doesn't mean that you have to be high vibe all the time, but a subtle shift that we can make is if you're feeling down or you're feeling in fear, instead of just continuing to focus on the fear and focus on the fear, we can switch it slightly incrementally to curiosity, right? Like what is causing this? Where is there something I could maybe release? Or it, it may not make me abundant this second, but I'm willing to go for a walk to clear my mind or to write it out, to brain dump it out in a journal or to put on that music. So it doesn't mean we have to live high vibe and always be feeling amazing. But what I do with myself is those times when I'm really feeling down, like I've just, I call it my ego's bag of tricks. And I'll say to my husband, I'm like, the bag of tricks is just getting me today. And it's, you're not where you're supposed to be, or you're not this or whatever it is, right? Instead of staying just in that story, I will incrementally pivot to say, okay, I may not feel good right now, but I'm just going to have a shower and clear my mind. And then I in, I step my way up to feeling better because it is about focusing on the joy and focusing and feeling, again, not not even just focusing in words, feeling that 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 connection and that joy and that in this present moment and the abundance and all that, but we are in a human experience. We are going to be ripped out from time to time. Right. So I really, um, I love you sharing that. And just, um, I just wanted to add that, that we don't have to feel high vibe all the time, but we can choose to not stay in the darkness and stay in the story by just sort of incrementally, it's like sidestepping. And I love how Abraham says a nap. She says, you know, a nap is the fastest way to enlightenment. Meaning when you're feeling really that down, sometimes you just need to start again, like you said, and have a nap and wake up and feel that much more refreshed, have a nice pot of tea and, you know, um, take a, take a breather. It's okay to feel down, but we don't need to also stay there. We can kind of do whatever we can to just slightly get out of it, you know, slightly see a different perspective. Yeah. We're always reaching for the better feeling we can experience. And, you know, sometimes it can, it's asking a lot to go from grief to being in love, but maybe you can go from being in grief to being bored. And that will be so much better than, for example, staying in grief. So the emotional guidance scale is an amazing tool to have, like screenshot that and have it on your phone so you can go, okay, I'm feeling like this what's the next best feeling I can feel and work your way up through through that. So I totally agree, incremental upgrades. And we aren't meant to stay high vibe all the time. That's when we're in spirit. That's when we are our loved ones in the spirit world. Then we're in that high vibe energy. But we are here to have, like you said, that physical experience. So we do need to have the contrast. My message is avoid giving it so much momentum, mm-hmm. right? Because we know, if you start your day and you're pissed off, you can guarantee the rest of your day is just going to be crap, right? Then someone's going to cut you off and you're going to run late and you're going to spill your coffee. Then your boss yells at you or, you know, what have you. It just goes like that. So I I really believe we can change the trajectory of, of our lives through our thoughts and our emotions. So if you can really tap into your emotion and actually go, is this my truth? That's a really good question. Is this my truth? Is this person saying this about me? Is this my truth? Do I need to be angry about this? Is this, you know, something that I need to wallow and not go for my dreams because this person has said this? Is this my truth? So, you know, always try as much as you can 
to be in that love joy vibration. Am I there all the time? Hell no. <laughs> I I have to work my way up some days, you know. Some days it's like, oh gosh, let's just let's just reset on everything. But I think, you know, someone like my myself and you, we've adapted the skills enough. And that's why we help people, we teach people how to do this so that they can also help themselves and I really believe you you as the individual are the key to everything so yeah I love it I love asking is this my truth and I like also asking is this the ultimate truth truth so when we say you know um I should be somewhere else by now and we get you know I'm this age and I should be here and I should and we get really in there I like to break that with, is that ultimately true? Is it ultimately true that you should be somewhere else by now? And then right away when it's myself, because I've done a lot of this work, I go like, to pretend that anything should be anything else is kind of funny. And I can kind of start laughing at myself to kind of go, it's not ultimately true. And that helps me to just reach for that better feeling thought as well. I love that. <laughs> awesome. So let's talk about your cards before we go. I'd love to hear the journey of your cards and how we can get them and how I can get them. And <laughs> tell me about <laughs> oh my that. Gosh. I'm so excited. So predominantly my work is as a medium. And of course I do the soulful alignment mentor as well. So that's kind of like, to me, it's all mushed in as one. And so mediumship is what just moves me. And I really believe that our loved ones in the spirit world, especially now with what's happening with humanity, they are playing the crucial part of bringing in the love and us as human beings, we're anchoring that love into the world. So the more connections you can have with your loved ones in spirit, the more love we can bring into the world. And because that's what they are. And then they can remind you of the truth. Your loved ones do not want you to be sad because of them being there. They want you to use them to help you co-create your best life. So I have this hashtag, which is making mediumship the norm. Like I said, I really want to normalize this. I think the way that we view death is not necessarily what it is. And I feel we should, you know, start having those conversations because often your loved ones in the spirit world are the white elephant in the room. When you have someone cross over, people don't know what to say. So they just don't ring you anymore. They avoid you on the street. And I'm like, that is not okay. And so I wanted something that could start the conversation where, yeah, you could be sad, but also if people want to talk. They want to talk about their loved ones in spirit. They don't want that question to be avoided. They don't want to be on their own and um, feel unsupported. And it's not because people don't want to support you when you're in grief, it's because they just don't know what to say. So uh, I have been doing my live events called Whispers from Above. I also now do them online. I started um, bringing my online shows for because, you know, sometimes people all around the world who want to join in. And so my shows are called Whispers from Above. And that's because I hear voices, right? So it kind of makes sense. And I have been doing them since 2014. And I've heard this, not necessarily the same message, but I've heard commonalities of messages over and over again. And so in 2019, the spirit world called upon me and literally gave me the 52 cards in one afternoon as to what the, the cards had to say. And I was like, okay. And um, so I asked my mom, I was like, would you like to do the artwork for these cards? And at first she was like, oh, I don't know. And I was like, come on, this will be so much fun. 
and uh, and now they're a reality. So the whispers from above cards. I know I will kind of show you, and I'll pick a, a global message from the spirit world for all of all of you that are tuning in. They are so easy to use. They are the illustration with a message. So you cannot use them wrong. There is no guidebook with them. You literally just, you can use them every single day. You could use them from the collective that is the, your loved ones in spirit, or you could ask a specific loved one to come with you. There, are, There is like an instruction card that goes with it, but you honestly just go with what feels right. You can use them for journaling. You can do whatever your little heart desires. And I love that kids are also pulling cards and it's just so much fun. So they um, are just messages that are going to inspire you because I wanted people to feel the the constant connections because your loved ones are with you they they literally are even though they can be in like other dimensions as well part of them is to coexist with you to help you co-create your best life that is their purpose so uh, let's have a look right you can get them on my website um i'm sure you'll link that all up and uh and just love them, create that dialogue and that conversation. What a beautiful gift, right? They are to give somebody who has just had a loved one transition and you could be like, hey, I don't necessarily know what to say, but here's some cards that maybe might give you some answers or uplift you or, you know, something. So that's what I wanted. So let's have a look. Let me, I'll show you a little bit. I know people can't see, but Oh. Um, my saying is mediumship is a beautiful co-creation of the two worlds united as one. So I look at mediumship as the gift. I don't think a medium is gifted per se. Uh, I, I don't want to make mediums special on a pedestal because every single person is a medium because we're all, you know, souls, it, you know, occupying a physical experience. So it's literally tapping into who we are. So um, let's see what the collective message that they want to share the spirit world for all of your beautiful listeners. And uh, let me pick, let's pick three cards. How about that? And uh, I love it. That was the card I was looking at. <laughs> and um, let's have a look. So I have picked one of my favorites, it's actually framed in my workroom. And it's this one here, which is love is the frequency in which we communicate with each other. So you can see they're really easy to use. The, the pictures are quite emotive with a lot of color. So what I'm getting to say to all of you is when you feel like you're alone, when you feel like you just can't do life, know that you have the greatest band of army standing with you and they are just loving on you, cheering you on. And that's what I feel. So it's like love is the greatest force in the universe and your loved ones, they're there. They're ready to give that all to you. All you have to be is receptive. You don't even need to know what to do with it. Just be receptive. And the other card that I have is Everyone is doing the best that they can with their grief since my passing. Be kind to them and yourself. So that one's a cute little candle. And one of the things that I hear all the time is families being destroyed because of um, apparent passing. And then there's arguments with wills or, you know, or, or people like want them to be scattered with their ashes and some of them buried or, you know, all sorts of things. And so what I feel this is reminding us is, you know, grief makes people do really out of character things, not to 
look at it as a personal attack, but more to look at it as everyone goes through their grieving journey. And if someone says to you that they don't grieve, then they're lying. They're in the denial stage, right? Every single person grieves. And so it's important to, even though we have to hold, maybe you're the, you know, you might have to hold the family, but you're also allowed to have that moment where you need to be held. And so that's what I feel this is. And then the last little message that I have is beautiful, beautiful way to end. I am here comforting you when you miss me. Feel my loving embrace dissolving your pain. So uh, I like to think that this card is my mum and I shopping. (laughs) So um, what I feel is like, It's okay to miss them, but you have to understand that your loved ones do not miss you. And as harsh as that is to hear, it's because they are with you. They cannot miss you, right? And missing is a human emotion that we don't experience in the beyond realms in the cosmos. And so anytime you just feel like you need a little something, just take a moment, think of them and just Imagine, close your eyes and feel their arms wrapped around you or them holding your hand. Maybe you've got a really, you know, tough conversation to have with somebody and you just need mum's hand right now. So just give yourself the opportunity to feel them. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for all of this. And I definitely am going to get those cards because they're stunning. And I really feel your intention and your beauty come through in those. And it's so cool that you made them with your mom. (laughs) You got the opportunity to make them with you, which is so neat. I don't know. Everyone that uh, is using them just goes, oh my gosh, you actually feel the love from the cards. And I'm like, that if that's all you get from them, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is beyond anything I could ever ask for because that for me is everything we live for. That is, like I said, that's that's the purpose. So I can't wait for you to have your cards. I can't wait for everyone around the world to start having these conversations so that we can hashtag making mediumship the norm. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. I can definitely feel them through the cards. The love is just radiating. It's incredible. So if my beautiful listeners want more of you, want to follow you, have a session with you, check out what you're into, how can we do that? Of course, I'll put it all in the show notes, but can you let us know how we can find you? I'm on all the things. Of course, I'm based in New Zealand. So I'm Melissa Mills. You can find me. Now, I never quite know how to say the end part because you guys say the alphabet a bit differently to us. But I am at melissamills.co.nz. I think you say Z. Z. I'm not quite sure, but you guys will be in the show notes. That's where you can find me and all my links. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all the things where you probably are hanging out. Nice. Yeah. Z is American. Um, I don't know where else says Z, but we say Z in Canada as well. So we'll understand you. (laughs) And I'll, I'll link all that up in the show notes and anything else that, um, that Melissa wants to give to you, I'll put there, I'll put there as well. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And there's so many more things I want to dive into that I feel like another episode needs to happen and we need to chat privately. And I'm just so excited that I've connected with you and thank you. Thank you for sharing this. And I really love the making the mediumship 
normal because there's something there. First of all, I've never heard that. Um, and there's something that just gives me this huge warm hug of relief when I hear that because the people listening I know can relate and I can deeply relate that it's not weird. It's not different. It's not, it's actually the most normal, natural thing. And the more that we embrace that, the more love and support and purpose and clarity we can really get in our lives by tapping into this gift that we do all have. So I really appreciate that movement that you've created to make it normal. And so that we can all embrace that as we go into the light and hopefully we can save humanity from having to reset. But if we have to reset, that's okay too, because that's in the greatest good. So whatever's going to happen, I'm along for the ride. <laughs> I feel we've already won the battle. We're just we're just playing catch-ups, right? And I love that. I feel like I'm going to cry with what you've just said. So thank you for having me. Thank you to your listeners. Just keep reaching for your greatness. Every single one of us is magnificent and you have infinite potential. So don't let anyone ever tell you what you can and cannot do and who you should and shouldn't be because oh, you are perfect in every single way possible. And I hope that I can somehow remind you of of that. And I'm just so honored that you had me on. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I really hope you loved it. Before I go, I want to acknowledge you for taking time out of your day to fuel your spiritual connection and manifest your future. I know you're busy and just listening to this raises your vibe, resets your belief and creates a positive ripple effect into your life. And you are doing such a good job. I am honored that you invited me into your life and into your ears. It's a beautiful thing and I truly appreciate it. Remember, you are a powerful creator who is creating the most beautiful life as we speak. So today, I cheers to you.